Hello and welcome, you lovely people, to yet another fantastic episode of Never Mind the Keywords. I'm your host, Charlie, and with me is my co-host, Tamara. Tamara, hello. hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yes, splendid. Excited to speak to Anna. Splendid. Yes, we have, um, on today's show, we have our usual news section, uh, and then we're chatting with MD uh, of the Mank, Anna Gledson. Um, it's a, I'm sure it's going to be a very insightful and interesting conversation. Um, but before we do that, uh, we'll do the news, and we'll be right back with that very shortly. Welcome back to Nevermind the Keywords. Uh, you join us here on the news and chat section. Um, here we're just going to be chatting about a few things we've seen in the world of digital marketing in Manchester uh, that we thought were of note and we thought you lovely listeners should hear about. Uh, from me, I found um, a report from Sprout Social um, who created a report about the best time to post on social media. Now, it's the, it's the like eternal million dollar question isn't it when is the best time to post on social yeah, media yeah i mean i've heard a few different things yeah me too well sprout have come up with their definitive answer uh, they surveyed thirty thousand of their customers and found that uh, on facebook it's monday to friday at 3 a.m bizarrely uh, and tuesdays at 10 a.m and noon instagram uh, mondays at 11 tuesdays and wednesdays from 10 till 1 and thursday and friday between 10 and 11 for twitter monday tuesday wednesday friday and saturday at 9 a.m and for linkedin tuesday between 10 and noon that's really interesting. I mean, with Instagram, you'd have always thought it would it's in the evening when people have finished yeah. work, like 5.30. Yeah. No, actually, I'd say between, I mean, I'm just... When are you scrolling? Person. Yeah, when like are you scrolling between tomorrow? 6 and 8, maybe? Between 6 and 8, yeah. I can't believe the Facebook one. The 3 a.m. thing is bizarre yeah. to me. Someone will have to explain that to me. It, is that because it, you know, how it just creates what's been posted yeah. and that will appear at the top and maybe it's getting the first leg up? I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's social media managers everywhere now, I think. Ch chill scared of the idea of having to uh get up at 3am and start posting content yeah. about but no, i thought that was interesting i thought um yeah. it's that eternal as i say that million dollar question where we no one has a real definitive answer because it's impossible to ask every single person on social media no and it's ever changing time. isn't it I mean, yeah the the report i should say didn't cover tiktok um and but i think again i think with that one i think it's fairly loose given the kind of algorithm that yeah that TikTok pumps out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that was um, I thought it was interesting. I thought well, the listeners would get a lot from that. Speaking of TikTok, mm -hmm. they've launched a creative agency partnerships at university. So it's going to be like a curriculum for um, agencies themselves to help their clients get the best out of TikTok. Oh. So there's going to be uh, loads of modules, everything from like mu music tr trends and music licensing, yeah. TikTok 101. So it's just going to be like this all-encompassing course. TikTok uni? Yeah. Wow. What's the cap yeah. and gown going to look but like? It's just such a huge move and it, I think it's so innovative. And, yeah. you know, it's preventing people from, I mean, you know, I'm sure Instagram might do something similar and they've got their yeah. own thing, but this is really honing in on stay with TikTok. Yeah, I think, why. yeah, TikTok have just got it, haven't they? Oh. And it makes so much sense. It's actually one of those things where I'm surprised it's not been done by other platforms yeah. sooner because it's like, just give 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 yeah. the users everything. They'll create the con all the content on your behalf yeah. and you can yeah. enjoy the cash money. And I think content creators i mean it's for agencies but agencies yeah. will have businesses Absolutely. they'll have content creators yeah. so that's they're allowing they're they're even benefiting agencies not just these people directly so yeah it'll all filter down won't it yeah it's such an interesting angle yeah the mm -hmm. education side of it it makes so much sense to do that yeah. and i'm I'd sure be interested to do that to be fair yeah i would wonder like i i'm not on tiktok or me neither but i it's a it's obviously a platform that i think marketers can't ignore mm. anymore whether they want to or not yeah. it's just it, it is going to be the dominant. I'm scared of. to download it because yes, I, I fear for my attention span. Time as it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't have enough time in the day, nor does my attention uh, span. Uh, yeah, no, that'll be super, super interesting. We'll um, we'll keep an eye on that. I think it's probably it's about keeping those creators that 
are assets essentially to TikTok yeah. on that app. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, we'll be we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on that. Well, that was the news section, uh, short and brief today. Um, when we come back, we'll be chatting with MD of the Mank, Anna Gledson. Hello and welcome back to Nevermind the Keywords. Um, we're delighted today to be joined by um, Anna Gledson, who's the MD of The Mank. The Mank is a British social media publisher and news and entertainment platform with a focus on the region of Greater Manchester, uh, after which the brand is named and where it's located. Anna, welcome to Nevermind the Keywords. How thank are you? you for having me. Yeah, good, thank you. Great. How are you? Thank you so yeah, much very well, on, yeah. thank you. All good, all very good. Well. good. Um, so the the Mank now has it got what two hundred and ten thousand followers when I last checked? Uh, across platform, we got one point seven million followers. Wow. Um, so across Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that I mean, God, I was just looking at Instagram. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> Instagram was sat on two hundred and twelve at the moment, oh, uh, but Instagram, as you know, it's quite difficult to grow at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're kind of slowly creeping up the numbers. Yeah. All right. So before we go into that, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, where did you grow up and what did you study? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, being MD of the Mank, you probably expect me to have a bit more of a Manchester twang. <laughs> but um, I am from the northeast. But I've been in Manchester now for coming up seventeen years. This this September, so I went to university in Manchester. Um, to study event management and ended up staying. So I do feel like I'm an honorary yeah, yeah, if not yeah. I feel like if not being uh, born here, kind yes. of bred here. Let's you get say. the certificate. I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, just I started off in event management, went into hospitality and then had a bit of a career change, let's say, um, three years ago and ended up in media. Okay. So how did you how did you get into the role that you're in now as MD? So, I mean, getting in the role that I'm in now, um, when I started with the Mank three years ago, it had only just gone commercial. It only kind of became a, a proper business, let's say. Um, and one of the ways um, which we kind of identified that we needed to make money and generate that income to kind of grow as a business was through partnering with different hospitality brands, um, doing promotional videos, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So because of my background in hospitality and the network that I had within the city, um, it just seemed like a bit of a natural, natural yeah. step from working within venues to actually then working with a publication to work with venues yes, um and then it's just kind of snowballed and all of a sudden i'm here today <laughs> wondering what's happened so what did it start out as exactly and how has that changed the mank um started off as essentially it started off as a facebook page mm. um and it was primarily focused on nostalgia memes talking you know daft kind of yeah, stuff about yeah, yeah. Greg's and just really kind of had humor at the core of what it was mm -hmm. um well humor and that that real strong Mancunian sort of regional passion at, yeah. at, the, at the very core of what it was and then you know from there as um different platforms have grown mm -hmm. the teams have grown and then it's just evolved in there's so many examples of that now aren't there it's such an interesting uh, story where it starts as a Facebook page and ends up as like a like mm -hmm. a company like yeah. you say um yeah. so you've been there three years I think is it that commercial element that's been the biggest change for the Mank? Do you, um, think? you know what? It has been an absolute roller coaster over the last three years because it, it's one of them where the numbers go up and mm. then the commercials go up and then the numbers go yep. up and the commercials and the commercials go up and then the numbers go yep. up because you can start kind of investing into different parts of the business. So I think it's it's all kind of evolved. Like I don't yep. think there's one part of the Mank now that is the same as what it was. Yeah three years ago. It's all just sort of um, spread out and evolved. Yeah, it's now the Mank, the Mank group as it is. So we now have publication in Leeds, we've got a publication in Sheffield, um, and we're launching a publication in Newcastle um, very shortly. And then we're looking um, to really kind of cover Midlands, Scotland and Wales before going down south. So we've oh, got- blimey. 
big growth yeah, plans, particularly over the next year, but over the next 18 months, we'll be in a, I'd like to think in a much, you know, bigger position than what, what we are now. What kind of names will they have? Will it be? They're all regional based. Yeah. So with the Leeds, we've got the Hoot, um, which is that em- emblem is the owl. Right. So it's kind of a play on that. Yeah. Um, and then with Sheffield, it's called the Chef. Nice. Which like chef as an SH, yeah. not as in a cook, which people seem to get a bit confused with. Um, and then the Newcastle, we're going to be calling the Tyne. Nice. Um, so I bet again, you're excited about that one. I am excited about the Newcastle one, and I think it's one of those cities where there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, but there is, you know, very few publications up there doing something similar at the minute. So I think there's a real opportunity to to kind of build that. Absolutely. Oh, that's growth thing sounds so exciting. How do you? I've just thought of this. How are you like? Um, going to replicate you've built such a strong identity here yeah how how what are your plans for kind of replicating that identity and, and making it as authentic as the mank is in manchester so what we're doing so our creative positioning now is nationally local and what that means is national is built up by a lot of locals mm-hmm. so you wouldn't have a national without the local sure um so the big part of how we're doing that is ensuring that our team's are based in the mm. cities that were growing it. Um, and I want my teams in each of those cities to tell me what we should be doing. Mm. Um, so I want the very essence and the very core of what we're building to be in those places. Because I think that's how you then build that authority um, and that knowledge that you know stuff that's going on in that city that mm. no one else outside there would really know. Yeah, it's the bottom up rather than top exactly down thing, that. isn't it? I think yeah. that we say at Embry all the time to clients about building an authentic story and you've just got to tell... Tell the story that you know yeah. and not try and replicate it. And it might be successful, it might not, but it's your people, story. People, you, you know, audiences, particularly so on Facebook, are very quick to tell right. you when yeah, you Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. And, I, um, and I think there's a number of publications who are maybe based out of London, say, but they might have a, you know, a page based in Manchester. Mm. And they will just get called out all the time yeah. when they've got a bit of a fact wrong. So we need to make sure that very thing mm. is authentic, it's original, That's it's it. believable. People value authenticity, don't they? Yeah especially yeah, yeah, yeah. in a place like Manchester. Well, yeah, there's no finer example of that at mm. current time of recording. There's the Magnum, the huge Magnum poster that's over right. Piccadilly Gardens at the minute. I mean, yeah. that got a lot of sla- got a lot of stick, rightly or wrongly, for not having seemingly an authentic edge to it, whether it was ironic or not. I'm not, yeah. I'm not yeah. too sure on that, but it's a perfect example. And I think, you know, that, that is a really good example of, and I'm nowhere in any way London bashing here, but I think there's a lot of, you know, big PR agents that are based down in London, but, you know, they can't be blamed for not knowing what's going on mm. in Manchester yeah. because there's so much going on in London. Yeah. How are you supposed to know exactly what's going on yeah. in each city? Yeah. Um, but I think that then feeds into this nationally local thing that we're really, really working towards where it's the opposite of that. And it's kind of turning that on its head and making people within those cities feeling valued. They're feeling mm. like they matter. Mm. Um, because I think over the last two and a half, three years, the media has, there's such a disparity between, you know, news that's happening in London and news that's mm. happening in the rest of the North. And I think that's only becoming wider and wider as, as you know, times kind of move on. Yeah. I was going to ask you what the, what you consider the Manc to be, but I suppose you've kind of sort of answered that really it's it's all things to all people and it's 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 a combination of current news but it's got that kind of hospitality sort of social edge to it yeah that i think is is just loved by people isn't there's such an appetite for content like this it's 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 really really interesting but tomorrow you were a local you worked in local yeah so this is a really interesting topic for me because i'm a former journalist so i used to i'm from portsmouth and i used to work um for the local newspaper there for four years so it's interesting for me because obviously you've got like hard news kind of publications like newspapers magazines online websites and then you've got platforms like the mank who almost 
become storytellers they become journalists so do you do you consider yourself a journalist or all your team members do you sort of hire journalists or is it more yeah I am in absolutely no way shape or form doing this <laughs> like I yeah struggle to string a sentence together sometimes but um so within our team we've got a makeup of um our editorial team yeah. uh, social and video and our commercial team but our editorial team are like they're unbelievable they are proper journalists yes it's such a um, crossover. and I think it's it's kind of bridging that gap between I mean traditional media there's still a place for traditional media yeah. of course there is but I think you know people want to digest content from stuff that they so see on social well, so yeah. the way that we really position it we're audience first social first digital publisher um so our the majority of our web traffic comes from social so not only do we need to get the editorial right that people actually want to read mm -hmm. we kind of social content gets people to that article, uh, you know, editorial team, they keep them there, yeah. drive them to the website. So yeah. it's a real yeah. kind of balancing act between each team. Whereas it is often the opposite. I think now it's starting to change in recent years, but it is often the opposite. It's sort of content website first, then how do we package that on social media? Whereas right. for you, it's... It's all all completely yeah. as important as, as yeah. each other, yeah. That's probably a reason for the success of the bank as well, isn't it? It's having that... <clears throat> that strategy in place from the from the ground up like legacy these big newspapers have done it in such a way for so many years it's like turning a, a huge cruise liner isn't it yeah, where you guys can be so much is. more nimble and so much more adaptable yeah to what's going and on. i think that's i think that's the beauty of social where you mm. can just be super reactive with stuff and you, ha you have to be to stay relevant how do you how do you give how do you add like depth to so the editorial team must be so focused on the story and the depth and yeah. the value in it that must be a interesting challenge to have the social first thing but whilst still maintaining that rigor and that depth in your content i think we have really strong brand, gu mm. brand guidelines on how we kind of go about stuff and there's a lot of you know news that we just won't touch um because we are again audience first we need to ensure that it's what people want to yeah. read and mm -hmm. what they want to engage with um but i think that you know, within that, that's when we kind of know what content works, what content our audience mm. want to read. And by way of that, that our social know kind of how to package it. Yeah. Um, so it is a bit of a, it is a balancing act, but mm. it's a one that everyone is completely within kind of the whole yeah. group across the board. They're completely ingrained in understanding. Which, exactly uh, which platform would you read. say so out of like, again, it's just, it's just Instagram, knowing and understanding Facebook, that. Yeah. Which gets the more, the most engagement or? See, it, it varies quite a lot. It used to be Facebook, absolutely completely i mean we, we're gonna hit nine hundred thousand followers this week on facebook which is huge and i think there's a lot of people discredit facebook but it is still the most used platform globally by yeah. a long shot um but i think it varies with the audience in which we have because facebook tends to be um of a let's say older yeah. um user than tiktok users mm -hmm. But I think the way that different generations engage with stuff has a bit of an impact that on as well. Because Facebook, yeah. you wouldn't think twice a lot of people about commenting, tagging someone mm. in it or nope, not for me. Or, yeah. you know, people are so vocal on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but then on Instagram, what we're finding is people like it a lot more. So we'll probably get more likes on Instagram, but more comments on Facebook. So it does kind of tend to vary a little bit. And then views on TikTok just go wild there just mm. that's just a completely that's different the next, kettle of that's it. the next monster isn't it yeah, i it, really think that it's will be like dominant yeah for many many years to come i think it, it, it's that short form content that people want to yeah they, they have upped it to 10 minutes but people are still keeping their videos relatively yeah. short because 
you know, people's attention span, I think it was, it dropped almost two seconds overall during lockdown. Like Blimey. people's kind of yeah, attention yeah, span. Yeah. People just need something immediately yeah. just yeah. to watch. And, and TikTok's the perfect way to do that. Yeah, they've, they've really nailed that. Yeah, and the I, algorithm on TikTok's just wild. So. Yeah, because it's content first, isn't it? Yeah. So it's it allows publications and creators to get in front of people without having to like ask for a follow right. or a search, isn't it? It's like, it's that kind of thing that I just think has made it just an absolute beast. Yeah, that, that no, absolutely. Today. Um, will you get, um, what, what, how has your role at the Mank changed over the years? And from when you started to now, is, is as the MD, are you more the operation side of it now, letting the other guys go out there and get the content and come back to you? That's what you're more strategy now, I imagine. Yeah, it, it, it is a lot of that. I mean, my job at the minute, and it has been for the last few months, you kind of get home and you think, what on earth have I mm. done today? Because <laughs> it yeah. just seems like there's so much happens um, now. But I think because, again, when I started at the Manc, there was four of us um, and now there's 20. So it's oh, just wow. kind of, you know, right at the beginning when we were all kind of mm. Doing a bit of everything. Yeah. Not that I would ever post or write or anything, but I was kind of again going out, building them partnerships. And we all had such an integral part to pay, which we which everyone still does now. But as the kind of business sort of grew, mm. everyone kind of got their roles far more defined in what it was that they were yeah. responsible for. Um so I think now, I mean, I think I couldn't really tell you. Um, it's a lot kind of now just again, strategy, operations, mm, yeah. making sure everyone's got what they need to do what they need to do within their job. And yeah. we're um we're doing quite a bit of recruitment now. So I mean, I'm learning more about it and recruitment than I've ever needed to know ever um so it is it's a bit of everything but I think it's really good and I think because of my commercial background within the business that's kind of stood me in really good stead yeah. just to understand what we need to do and how we need to do it in order to make that the business grow because yeah. at the end of the day that's the kind of whole yeah, point isn't absolutely. it the you're part of a the Mank is a kind of one of these new new media organizations that have cropped up over the last sort of decade or so mm. how I think we've kind of touched on it a little bit. How do you um, how do you think you've managed to leapfrog in some ways those traditional news platforms? Is it that nimbleness? I think it's yeah. It's being able to. I think with social media, it's so reactive, and mm. you have to be at the forefront of yeah. it. You have to be first. You have to you know. And it's again, it's so much traditional media. It used to be like you'd have to break that story yeah. first in order to sell more newspapers. Yeah. You know, we just have to get down and get that quick video first or get that yeah. article out first and that's and you can be super reactive but I think that's a beauty as well for all I would like to have you know a much much bigger team mm. um I think that's also a beauty of having a relatively small team because you don't have to go through 15 different channels yeah. in order to make something mm. happen like we're all sat in an office together if we need to go and do something you can just yeah. go off and go off and do it so where do you tend to get your leads from because I imagine you get dms tips press releases so yeah. what where would you say that mo most of your stories come from is it relationships as well and yeah it's a lot of it kind of relationships that um our um writers have so daisy our head of editorial here backgrounds um men she was at emerald street before that so she just got a, an enormous network yeah. of, right. um, of people um that kind of come to her with stuff and georgina who's our food and drink writer again she's been in hospitality and so she's again got that mm. network mm -hmm. um so they're great because they're kind of come real kind of resources ensuring that yeah. we're kind of getting that story um but again our contact form and our email you should see the emails that we get yeah, through some, I can people, imagine. some of them i absolutely can't repeat um <laughs> but dms as well you know there's always someone who's got a story yeah. who kind of wants to let you know yeah. and, and we get tagged in a lot of things now which is great and i think that was one of the first moments when I realized that 
we were doing something Can right. See it changing before your eyes. Yeah, when we were, people were tagging us and stuff as, as well with kind of really big publications mm. that were tagging us in it as well. Yeah. So you kind of think, doing something that right That must here. be so lovely to yeah. see. Yeah, oh that. yeah, like, it was. Because I think that the intention behind that is so obvious. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a credit to the man that it's happened like that. I was going to ask you how you keep your finger on the pulse in Manchester because I feel like it's just, I go away for a week and come back and feel like there's three new things that have opened up and four different events have been happening. Is it that nuts and bolts really of just having, knowing the right people, that's how you keep keep on top of things? Yeah, and like our whole team's encouraged to to go out and do stuff. Yeah. And, and again, with the invites that we get, but you know, there's loads of different ways and means of kind of finding out what's going to open, when it's going to open, where it's going to open. Um, so yeah, so it's just making sure that everyone's kind of got their eyes and ears yeah. on on everything and, and just all sorts of stuff that's happening in the city, not just yeah. kind of hospitality opening. Do, so. Do you think that, is there a particular type of story that stands out to you that does well? So is it about a new place opening or is it human interest or? There's a, there's a couple, there's human interest for sure. So yeah. it's kind of like particularly really like nice community led mm. stories. Yeah. And I think that's something that we really built on during lockdown was we were getting contacted by so many different people about so many incredible things that they yeah. were doing. And, and, you know, we tend not to, we will report on, we will report on things that need to be told and need to be discussed, but we won't do like, you know, ambulance chasing or, or anything mm. like that. We do, we'll just kind of keep away from that completely. So yeah. it's kind of the, like the feel good stories, yeah. feel good community mm. stories go down really, really well. Um, and then humor, humor. Yeah. yeah always goes down quite yeah. well. Just, I think we did an article a while ago now, but it was about, I mean, I say humor, I think it's very select humor <laughs> um, about the Arndale market escalators. They used to always just go one way and, then they changed and one went up and one came down and I think it was our most read article <laughs> really? for about a month. So it's so it's funny, kind of... those, like, those articles that you don't really, yeah. you don't necessarily apply a huge amount of rigour to are the ones that just like skyrocket yeah. and you tap into something. At the, and you know, we, we do some really in-depth kind of really research, investigate mm. kind of journalism and then we did an article last week about why Greg's don't keep your sausage roll warm and that was also the most read article of that day and oh, you think, my word. wow. That's a, yeah, there's a lot of thoughts there about yeah. the, the, the state of journalism but there you go, we'll go, that's another time. It's what people want to read. Yeah, you guys do, you guys do video content particularly well I think in terms of that kind of portrait focused very DIY it look DIY in the nicest possible way in yeah. that it feels really accessible and it feels really Manchester yeah what have you got have you guys do you guys have a checklist I know you've got your brand values that you your brand kind of guidelines yeah. what for you makes like a really good piece of social media content? so the way that we kind of phrase our, our is user generated content it's mm -hmm. we produce content that people again it's that authenticity yeah. people find it real and it's you know it's not your mcdonald's kind of burger on the way that they shoot it it's you know it's what how people know yeah. and know and kind of recognize it um so it's all again it's in that social hook we need to make sure that not only are people watching it but they're watching it for the duration of the video yeah. so we need to make sure that it's it's all in the edit it's making sure that people want to watch it. Yeah. Um, but again, it's where a lot of our videos are very, very data driven. So we will kind of sit and comb through that video, whether it did well, whether it didn't do so well, what was the drop off point? What can we do next time to kind of hold people on a little oh, bit really? longer? And we have to go into that level of detail. Otherwise no one will watch it. That's um, so interesting. It's that you're so forensic with each, the with the like 
the autopsy essentially of each video. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to be because I think, you know, there's some content that works really well on Facebook that won't work very well. And, you know, and, and we need to understand why that is, what mm. it is, you know, yeah. even down to the presenters, is there one presenter that gets more views mm. than another? Mm. Is it is there a particular drop off point across the board? And mm. it really is kind of getting into those really tiny little pieces yeah. because if that then makes that the next video that we do, people watch for an extra two seconds yeah. longer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's you know that's a win so it's yeah. making sure that we uh, that we get that. So following on from that then how do you strive to set yourselves apart from other platforms doing similar things to you? I think I mean in Manchester particularly there are a lot of digital publications and there are a lot of traditional media that have kind of gone into that sort of digital yeah. world. And I think it's not a case of setting aside because when we started out 3 years ago we were quite different in our approach. Um, and that's something that I've always said to me, like, let's just stick in our lane. Let's mm -hmm. just keep doing mm -hmm. what we're doing. Yeah. And it's what you said earlier that I think a lot of people kind of don't want to be that everything for everyone, but mm -hmm. that's absolutely what we yeah. want to be. We want to have, you know, especially with a range of, of social, we've got people who are 17 years old, mm -hmm. people who are 70 years old. How do we make ourselves completely accessible yeah. to all of them people? Yeah. Um, and how do we ensure that the amount of posts that we do, the variation of the posts, they hit with every kind of group of people to yeah. ensure that, mm -hmm someone has been entertained by the man, yeah. by the who, by the chef yeah. every, every day. And you've got a couple of sub-brands, haven't you? So you've got, there's the Mank Eats. Yes. And we, so the, the ones that you're setting up in the other regional areas, are they also sub-brands or are they sort of main? No, but they're, they're going to be, so within the Mank group, that we'll have the regional, yeah. different regional platforms. And then within them, we'll have Eats and Audio. Okay. Um, because what we've identified is every city that we're looking to expand in, really into the food, really mm. into yeah. the music. And I think they're things that can have such, particularly music, people can have such a strong identity within mm. the cities that they're in with that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that um, that really needs celebrating. And there's yeah. a lot of national music platforms, but very, very few mm -hmm. local ones. Yeah, I think it's probably like football team bands are probably the two things that you are almost religious in, yeah. in pretty much every city, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Give or take a degree or two in places, but... Yeah, I but with was... with the football thing, we we've kind of made a bit of a decision to kind of keep away from that mm. slightly because I think that's when <clears throat> local you, that's when a d local can be divided when it comes down to oh yeah like yeah. you know Sheffield's got two teams yeah. you know Manchester's got two teams like yeah. again with Newcastle there was there was talk about what well, do we do it tying this wasn't from me by the way do we do it tying and we and I'm like no we cannot put Sunderland Newcastle against yeah. each other that no, is just no, not no, going to no, happen. No, um, so we thought, you know, to make sure that we're uniting the yeah. local areas and the regions, music and eats, that, that's, that's quite kind of clever, actually. Go I don't think I'd have thought of that. Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> you're causing yourself a problem there, yeah. really, aren't you? Yeah, that yeah, you yeah. don't necessarily need to have. Have you got any plans for any other sub brands, or is it just those two at the minute? Not at the moment. So, what the way that we kind of set it up is they're our kind of social sub brands. But on our website, we, you know, it's sport style. Yeah. So, again, reporting on it, but yeah. not, not kind of really sort of driving, mm. driving a following through yeah. it. Um, you're growing and growing and growing and, and it's clear you, why you're recruiting because having to do all of that just sounds like crazy. Mm -hmm. um, where's the Manc in five years' time? Where, As well as being national, where does the Manc specifically, you think, sit? I, To be honest with you, I don't know yeah. because, you know, it's so hard to say because the Manc three years ago is so different to the Manc now. Yeah. And I think the, the fast paced of social, you know, there might be like this, there might be five new social mm. platforms in five years mm. time. And I think yeah. it's one of them that's really hard to predict. And, you know, in a, in an, I mean, I don't mean, I don't know, like it's going to be in a bad place. No, I, no, I know no. for sure that, you know, but it might have evolved and grown into yeah. you know, a different guise. Yeah. Or, I mean, I'd like to very much think that, you know, by five years, 
we are completely known for that, you know, nationally mm-hmm. local, where we have a publication within each cathedral city within um, the UK, yeah. Ireland, and potentially in Europe as well, yeah. which is something that we've been looking into. Um, so I think kind of redefining how people um, digest their content. Yeah. I think that's what I'd like. If, if we talk about five years, if, if a man c- could have that legacy and yeah. still kind of doing five years, I'd be very happy. Yeah, it's like, obviously success is what you'd like it to look oh, like. Yeah. It's just oh, what, yeah, It's absolutely. just what you don't, you just, it's it's impossible it to... Is, it, you know, we're, to we're kind of really hyper-focused on the next kind of six months, year, mm. 18 months. And that's kind of where we're really working towards. Because again, that fast pace and that ever-changing sort of landscape in which, you know, social media and mm. digital publishing is, it could... Uh, yeah, you can't necessarily afford to like sit and think about the next five years no. can you because no. you're just going to get left behind <laughs> right you? exactly you just have to be ahead of the curve whatever yeah. it is that we're in, doing in terms of generating revenue would you, is that mainly through your partnerships and things like that yeah i mean there's a number of ways that we do it but yeah it's through anything from you know your web traffic your ads on the page yeah. through partnerships um but we really 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 try and keep away from being an advertising platform yeah, yeah. um where we will highlight where there's paid partnerships in there because I think it's really important that people, well, it's it's a legal requirement for people to know, but I think it's really important for people to kind of really understand how that works. Mm -hmm. But there are so many publications now, which I feel are, every post is an ad. And I think it's really difficult then to kind of sift through what's real and what isn't. And again, it's going back to that authenticity again, where if we want to champion something, we're not going to only do it if we're getting paid for it. If we want to talk about something because it's brilliant, we'll talk about it because it's brilliant. And I think that's really important. I think that's where we keep our um, audience engaged as well, because if they are seeing something that's being peddled too much, mm. by God, they will let us know about yeah, it. Yeah, it'll take, it take it's taken the Mank three years to build up this kind of trust and authority yeah. with your audience, but it'll take one post to like ruin right. it all, basically. Yeah, and so. I think one of the ways that we're, we're really trying to kind of ingrain our partnerships within our content now is like, you'll see our Takeaway Champions, mm. um, which is, I mean, that's probably our longest standing series now, but that's partnered with Deliveroo. So yeah. they have everything where we just have like a little logo in the corner. Yeah. We have a link in the top comment. Um, but they, you know, we've got a great partnership with those guys yeah, and they're huge. really happy with how kind of that series is going and how it's developing because, but it's, our audience aren't switched off by it because we're not, yeah. you know, it's, we're not changing it to the Deliveroo. Yeah. It's all yeah. the mank, but it's, you know. It's all aligned essentially, isn't it? Exactly. The delivery, yeah. It makes sense to have Deliveroo in there. Yeah. And if it's done in the most authentic way possible, I think people are kind of, people aren't stupid. They'll just be like, yes, that makes sense. I understand yeah. why that's there. There are adverts everywhere you look. It's just how they're positioned yeah. to make yeah. it just in, just work in, in how you kind of work yeah. with digest stuff. So you guys are obviously Manchester based. Embryo is Manchester based. Yes. Um, this podcast is roughly about Manchester. What what do you love about the city, and why do you think platforms? I think we know the answer to the second bit, but why do you think platforms like the Mank do so well here in particular? I love Manchester. I think the reason is because that real community feel, mm. and I think you know it's a it is a big city. You know, I think it's the geographic. I think it's one of the second yeah. biggest cities after well potentially the Birmingham but I think there's a bit of an argument between yes. two. Yes. Um I think we'd both fight our corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but I think it is that community feel and I think with Manchester as well like you've got the northern quarter you've got Ancoats you've got spinning fields I think you've got the best bits of a big city mm. within walking distance yeah. of it and there is always so much going on mm. and there's so much happening and I think it's so rich in its culture of of music of sport you know and it's so diverse that I think within a city within the UK there's it's got 
I think it's got everything just to make a real wonderful place to live. Everything within 15 minutes of each of each other which i always think is amazing and i think you've got like the community of manchester but then like you say there's the ancoats is there's the spinning fields of yeah. the world where they they themselves are their own community yeah i think yeah. i love what i love about it is it's such a oh it's just so is it is so proud to be what it is yeah. and all the people in it are so proud to be who they are like yeah. pride is such a great example of right. you know you you it's quite it's quite emotional in a way because you watch you see all, all these people who are just so happy and content in who they are as people. And I think Manchester is a city that allows for that. Yeah. And that's a lovely thing to think because there's a, there's, there's a million ways where it isn't like that in right. some places of parts of the world where we're so lucky that this city's like that. Yeah. It celebrates a, diversity and, yeah. and, and, you know, everything that that kind of encompasses. And I think, and I think that's amazing. And like with the Manc, we cover all 10 boroughs of, of Greater Manchester. Yeah. And I think even within that, and you see, you know, how you know Stockport it's different to the city center and yeah. you know every borough's kind of got its own identity yeah. as well which I think is really really interesting yeah, and so different to so many other oh, so many other places yeah, as well absolutely what are your what are your favorite places in Manchester then currently have you got any kind what, of so new like, ones go or out go um, out food drink sightseeing um, any, any I kind? see I always say that I love to go to new places but I'm a real creature habit I mm. think um and I think particularly too. over I think before the pandemic I was out all the time and now I've just gotten old and moved to Cholton and I'm just staying out in the suburbs and sitting in my backyard with a glass of wine. Do you, do you um, find lots of hidden gems sort of through this job? Yeah, yeah, massively. And I think that that's the best, that's one of my favourite bits about it yeah. is finding these little places that you... People don't know about. Yeah, and kind of really celebrating the independence. But I think there's there's some amazing operators doing amazing things. And I think, again, through the pandemic, if you're picking the positives out of it, um, like we've got Lazy Tony's that opened, which has got like dark kitchen up in Ancoats, mm. which is just amazing. Then you've got Kong's, who would just seem to have a bit of a pop up everywhere in in the city centre. But then you know you've got some of the staples like San Juan down in Cholton, which is just an amazing little place. And I think you know we are really really fortunate with with the kind of scene that we have in in Greater Manchester. Yeah, we'll leave the recommendations in the show notes. If yeah. to, um... <laughs> or you could just link the Mankeets and you'll have everything. Yes, there you <laughs> go. Yes. Yeah, I'm a bit of a creature of habit as well. I like to say that there's all these new... I live in Ancoats and it's like... Because you know you won't be disappointed though, isn't it? Yeah, oh. there's a kind of laziness to it as well, which <laughs> I'm guilty of. Um, but yeah, no, I think Manchester's just going to continue to grow and grow and grow oh, in its yeah. own unique way in the next, you know, three to five years. Yeah, massively. Like, And I think when you look at the the landscape of Manchester, even over the last 18 months compared to now, like it just, yeah. it just changes all the time. Do you think... For the better, I think, on a whole. I know there's the gentrification conversation and I think there's lots of valid points about that and why that is a bit of a danger. But then the, the other side to it, which is the side I tend to agree more with, is that, no, these are just places that needed renovating and have needed renovating for yeah. decades. And I think, I think there's, there's real strong arguments for both sides of the coin on it, like definitely, and I would never want to discredit anything that anyone else says. Yeah. But... um but I, I, I do think that's absolutely right. But I think, you know, Manchester could have been in a position where it lost its identity, I think. If it did, you know, people always say, oh, Manchester wants to be like London. Manchester doesn't want to be like London. No one in Manchester wants it to be like London. Yeah. Um, so I think as long as it kind of, again, sticks in its own lane and keeps its integrity and keeps its authenticity, I think it will only be for the better. But yeah. um, it's just as long as they don't, you know, come, like yeah, as long as it doesn't go into something that it doesn't need or, or want to be. Yeah, I think we're lucky in that you'd find out pretty quick if something isn't what the broader population right. of Manchester wanted. I think yeah, no, they're absolutely. quickly they're quick they're quick to tell yeah. those people who would 
you know, build a building a certain way or mm. open this or open that, I think they'd be pretty hot yeah. on that, which is, which is a testament to the people here. Yeah. So moving on a little bit from Manchester, you're obviously MD, you're in a leadership role now. What are the things about it that you love or would like to change or the things you've learned from that kind of leadership role in the last three years? Um, I think there's a number of challenges within leadership. I think particularly being... I don't know. I think there's a bit of kind of self-doubt sometimes. And I think there's a bit of um, imposter syndrome. And a lot of people have spoken about that that we've interviewed yeah. actually, haven't they? Yeah. yeah, when you kind of, it sort of really sort of kicks in about like half past nine when you're watching something on the telly <laughs> and you've shut your laptop for the first time all day. And then you start thinking, oh my God, yeah. what am I doing? Yeah. And I think that that's a real challenge, but I think that's almost something where it just comes to practice, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I think there's always going to be that little kind of niggle of, what you're doing, are you doing the right thing? And and I think sometimes ultimately you've just got to back yourself for your decision. Yeah. And if you back yourself and you do make that decision for the right reason, yeah. then even if it comes back and, and it was the wrong decision, mm. you know at the time it was the right one to make. Yeah. Um, but I'm really fortunate in the in the way that I've got an unbelievable team yeah. and we all get on so well and they all seem to because what I really encourage within the man is I want everyone to bring their own creative ideas and I want everyone to kind of bring their voice and it's not all I get a sign off on a lot of things that's generally just to make sure that we're keeping on brand um I'm never going to kick back and go no we absolutely shouldn't yeah. do that for yeah. no reason yeah. um so I do think I'm, I'm really fortunate within that and I know that I wouldn't be in the position that I am now without having mm -hmm. the most strong team around us um and across all the different cities yeah it's, a, it's leadership is more you're just heading up a group of like-minded you know yeah the... but I think it's that leadership versus management mm. argument and I think you've still I've still got to manage and you know manage whether it be expectations or you know manage behavior and that that still has to happen but you've got to do that in tandem with you know motivating yeah. and leading yeah. and kind of it's a lot of yeah and it, again it's finding that balance which I think at the beginning of the role I, when I started in it I was a bit overwhelmed by yeah. and I think I got really caught up in little bits that probably didn't you know sweat the small stuff with certain things but um now as it kind of grows and develops, and again having that real strong focus on the next six months 12 months 18 yeah. months I think that makes it easier let's say because you kind of know everyone knows where we're going and yeah. how we're going to get there and what's your work-life balance like um it's be well I say it's better than what it used to be I think again the pandemic helped potentially mm -hmm. yeah um because before then my work-life balance is far better now in the position that I am and now than what it was pre-pandemic yeah. when I'd be working all day, but again, being in commercial team, you'd be out every night, yeah. meetings, you'd be at launches and there was so much going on that, and again, at that time, I'd literally go at the opening of envelopes. So you'd have to, yeah. you'd have to meet all these people. Yeah, and, um, but I think now, you know, it's having that ability to switch off. And I think Monday to Friday afternoon, say, is kind of like my real work time. Yeah. Um, and then I'd like to kind of think that I sort of try and switch off as yeah. much as I can kind of Friday over the weekend. Because I think you need it. Because um, if you go into Monday and you're knackered, like, it's yeah, so much absolutely. more difficult than going in and feeling, you know, you've had time to think <clears> about <throat> stuff and, you know, even over the weekend, like having chats with friends and partners, again, a lot of it's about work because I'm quite boring like that. Mm. Um, but, you know, you come back Monday feeling a bit more refreshed. You've got a bit more clarity on certain things. Yeah. And I think you need that. I think it's the nature of your role and job and what the mank is as well, is that switching off is kind of a, a an odd concept because you're always it's thinking, 24 you're, hours. you're constantly on, I imagine in terms of, yeah. oh, there's a new restaurant there. We'll, we'll have to chat about that or, the Manc is always a presence, yeah. even when you've switched off. And, you know, and, and where that the team work as well, like everything's got to be scheduled ahead of like over the yeah. weekend, but then we've got you know people available on the weekend that works if there's any breaking news. Yeah. And 
but even when you know you on social if i'm like scrolling through instagram on a saturday just kind of having some yeah yeah, yeah. scrolling it's the mank the mankeets the chef the who and there's it's always always there so even when I say it, it's my downtime. It is like you say. Still consuming your it's own all, content. Yeah, yeah, it's always there. It's you. You, you mm. don't ever not think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we let you go, mm-hmm. we have a quick fire round, okay. which we ask every guest. Don't oh. worry, there's nothing too <laughs> scary on there. Um, I'm not very good at quizzes. So it's ten <laughs> quick fire questions. Uh, just give us your first thoughts. Right. Okay. Um, oh God, this could be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry Greg can edit Greg, Greg can do wonders perfect oh, quite timid questions <laughs> so number one what's your favourite chocolate bar ooh um, like it's not a chocolate bar if this counts but like you know like the Reese's peanut butter cups yes yeah. that would yeah. be my go to okay. your biggest inspiration um, ooh difficult one ooh I have actually recently watched, and I know if any of my colleagues watch this, they'll laugh, but um, Karen Brady recently did a podcast with Stephen Bartlett. And I first read her book when I was about 24, just starting up my own business. Mm. And I think she's always been someone who I've just found her amazing. And Mm. I think particularly kind of a young woman leader. Yeah. I just think she's it. She's pretty badass. Yeah, she she is. Yeah, proper. She's uh, not to divulge too much, but she does, she, she's, kind of grown up in a she worked started working in an environment that was not friendly to women no and football in the 90s was not a friendly place for women and so for her to come in and do what she did is just even more yeah and and like water of a duck's back as well i think yes i think she's amazing yeah she's great uh what's your best habit oh god um best habit probably trying to sleep eight hours Mm. a day a day a night not during the day (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty bad habit (laughs) what's your worst habit um Oh God! Sleeping in the day. <laughs> yeah, napping eight hours a day. Um, oh God, bad habit. Um, that's a really difficult one. I don't know. I don't know. That means you've got none. Yeah, I mean, oh, you've got none. I don't yeah, have I any bad habits. I'm sure I have a lot. Well, a lot I'll probably come pe- back to that. I know it'll come to me. No, no. A lot of people have said that. I think they've said that it's the switching off thing and the work life balance. That's what I, we've had. A lot of people say that. Oh yeah, no, I don't think that's a bad habit. Um, anyway, what would you change about yourself? What would I change about myself? I would change the aging process. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I keep thinking that I'm like not the age that I'm at. And then I realize mm-hmm. very quickly that I am. Yeah. And then it's like, damn. H- hard relate. Why me. do I not, even though I feel 25, why am I not? <laughs> why do my knees hurt? Yeah. Why have I got three day hangovers? Yeah. <laughs> um, describe your life so far in three words. Oh, uh, fun. Um, oh God, fun. Was old God one? No, yeah, <laughs> probably that would encompass it. Um, probably uh, fun, challenging and uh, lively. Yeah, lively is good. Um, where's some th- what's something new that's happening in your life right now? Oh God, <laughs> I wish I'd had time to prep these. I'm thinking, my life's so boring. Um, no, probably... Work. Yeah. I think there's, you know, growing in the new cities and getting to really head up that growth strategy is not so really exciting. anything that I've done before. Really and it exciting. is new, but it's exciting and yeah. it's, yeah, full on. What was your best subject at school? Uh, best subject at school was English. Same. I'd say. Same. Same. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there's a reason we're all in like content yeah. roles, isn't it? Even uh, though I can't write it, but yeah. I just really enjoyed it. What does success look like to you? Happiness. Happiness. Yeah, just being happy. And I think, yes, it would be lovely to have money and everything that kind of comes with that. But I think just being content, like, and I think with that, make sure that you're 
your family's in a good place, mm. you know, you, you're surrounded by good people. That, yeah. that to Enjoying me is, the journey. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. That's exactly right. You got yeah, it. yeah. Um, and finally, what are some books that you loved or would recommend to us? I probably shouldn't admit this. I don't really read. I've never really mm. You read too much reading. in your role. We can I think off. with what it is, so I... Probably the last full book that I read was, this is probably really bad, but I want to edit this out at some point, but probably a Jacqueline Wilson book when I was a kid. Oh my God, I absolutely <laughs> love those. <laughs> but I listen, to, I listen to a lot of podcasts and... Okay, what are I, your, tell us your favourite podcasts. Podcasts are, there's quite a few. Um, I think the Stephen Bartlett one, I find quite interesting, but I think that's really interesting by the guests that he's got on. Yeah, because I the, agree. The, the guests that he can get, nobody else will get yeah, them on their podcast. Yeah, so much value was, as well. Yeah, I find that really interesting. Um, and what other podcasts do I listen to? There's ones that I just like find on, there's like like true crime ones. Yeah. I just yeah. like ones that I can listen to and just switch off yeah. Yeah. or listen to in the car. Um, but books wise, um, I don't read a huge amount. I think it's hard oh, to, it gets sure. harder and harder to. I find I it think. really difficult to yeah. sit down with a book and actually give mm. it my full attention. I think it's a symptom. Depends what, yeah, it's what a day sim- you've had and what day we've you're had. You're and it's a symptom of... I think everyone, yeah. our attention spans. Are yeah, so, my attention span is literally minus, zero. Minus, yeah. I buy books with every intention yes. of reading them mm. and I've got a big pile of books yeah, that my boyfriend's well. reading. I go, what's it about? Tell me yeah. what happened. <laughs> and then that's, that's about as in-depth as it is. Right. Well, Anna, thank you so much <laughs> for coming yeah, on Nevermind really the nice. Keywords. Thank you very um, much for having me. We hope to hear from you soon. And we're back. Um, Thank you to Anna once again for coming on the pod. Um, it was much appreciated. She was very generous with her time. I thought that was a really interesting chat. Really lovely. Really what easy lovely to lady. chat to. Yeah. Um, I think she's got very interesting ideas and thoughts around what content looks like yeah. in 2022. And I think um, they get it at the Mank really quite well, actually. They know what they're doing and they know how they're going to progress. Yeah. And, and it's only going to get better from here, I think. Yeah, the expansions and stuff is so exciting. I, I didn't know about that before the interview, so it's interesting to hear Yeah, that. it's just like national domination, isn't it? Yeah, national domination, I think they're doing it in the right, they're going about it in the right way. And Anna talks about that kind of bottom approach yeah. to keep that authenticity, which yeah. I think is super, super interesting. Hope you enjoyed uh, listening to it. That is uh, the end of yet another episode of Never Mind the Keywords. Thank you so much for listening and for those on YouTube watching. Um, Please uh, leave a five-star review, like and subscribe to the pod and be sure to tell your mates. Uh, it really helps get the Nevermind the Keywords name out there. Um, we will speak to you very, very soon. Thanks for listening. See you soon.